Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good afternoon, Deb. Hi, Liz. <clears throat> Deb, how are you, my friend? <laughs> I have had a really, I'm going to say a cuss word, shitty week. Yeah, yeah, you have. I have. So last week we didn't get together and record at all. No, so um, I could not. Yeah, so anybody who's like, wait, Monday came and went and there was no new podcast, you're correct. There was no new yeah. podcast. I, I, was in no, I was in no condition to, to record a podcast. <clears throat> so I, I lost my dog in a very tragic way. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was tragic. Um, my dog, Bella, that I've had for 14 years who I found, I didn't find her, but a girlfriend of mine found her on the side of the road with her mom. They had been hit by a car. Oh, They both had survived, so my friend Terry took the mom, and I took the baby, I took Belle, and she had a little cast on her foot when I got her, and I've had her for 14 years, and and she, I, I would call her the Jesus dog because she was just... A really, really loving dog. Yeah. She was completely... We are loved unconditionally by yeah. our pets, aren't we? I, you, know, you know, I've had pets my whole life. Yeah. I re- and, and I can't imagine my life without a pet. Right. Or several around right. me, you know. Um, and that dog was just... I'm having the hardest time of any pet that I've lost with, with this one. This is this one is it's kicked my ass, I gotta be honest. So Well I do think that we of course um, suffer the losses of pets differently mm-hmm. depending on the pet and mm-hmm. you know Yeah, for sure. But I also know that this year has been a compounded grief kind of year. Yeah. And you lost a cat just a few months ago. I did. I and did. Satori was very, uh-huh. um, just, she was, a, she was kind and she sweet. She was like a little ray of sunshine. And she was here. a ray of, she was the, the music, um, the, the music school's mascot. Yes, she and, was. <laughs> and all the students would hold her and love on her. Yeah. So she passed away very suddenly and yep. with no, Warning. You know, warning. And then same thing with Bella. Same thing with Bella. So um, I spent an entire evening, never slept, uh, with her having grand mal seizures all night. And um, ended up, a girlfriend of mine, a very special friend of mine, Mm -hmm. picked me up, took me to the vet, and my dog was in my lap when they put put her down. Yeah. In the back of a car. It was that bad. So because of because of COVID, they didn't take no, the dog in or just because, because she was because so she, she was seizing. Oh. And she was in my lap and there we couldn't there was no way we could have gotten her in there. It was it was it was traumatic. Right. I'll just say that and and so I'm I'm still damn it. I didn't want to cry. I'm still having a hard time. I really am. <laughs> I think it's 
I think that's okay. It's okay to have a hard time. It really is. And like I said, this year has been, you know, a lot of compounded grief. And there are times in our life when we can take stress and loss better than other times of our life. Well, another thing that I thought of is that, you know, all through the pandemic, I was home. And so our dogs were at our side constantly for, you know, over a year. Over yeah. a year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that made it makes it. I don't know. <laughs> just I. She's just. She was in my space. Like my house now just feels so weirdly quiet and um, just so weirdly quiet. Yeah. You know, and like the house feels bigger because she took up a lot of of room. Oh. She was just. Underfoot, under my rubbing feet, under your leg, always and there. And she was a medium-sized dog, right? She was, or was she about 65, 70 pounds. Okay. She was a pretty oh, big pretty girl. Big. Okay. Yeah. So, so my frame, you know, and like holding on to that dog all night as she's seizing. I mean, I'm, I still am sore and I don't feel physically right, and you know, I still have a lot of residual. Um, whatever from that it was like i said traumatic i'm probably gonna need therapy <laughs> because of it I just, so it's okay it's not unusual but it's she not was unusual but she was a loyal girl and talking about loyalty yeah our pets are loyal to us they they our pets are probably the most loyal creatures around i know you know you, you, you it's hard to find humans that are have that consistent character trait that's consistent all the time. Right. And that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was just loyalty, loyalty from our friends and family, our pets. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how important is it? Mm -hmm. Where do we find it? What has happened to it Mm -hmm. over the past few years? It feels like people that I thought that I would never lose, I couldn't lose, you know, I've lost um, because I said something that they thought was dumb or disrespectful or whatever. You know, social media gives us the opportunity to say kind of what's on our mind and other people get offended or or just plain think that you're stupid. So they unfriend you and they're, you know, they're out the door. Right. I know. Such a a weird time in our culture and our our you know history as a country and people and human beings humanity it's just yeah. the whole thing just seems a little bit wacky the so. other day a friend of mine a younger friend of mine he's he's close to my kids age um and his dad who I've known for about 40 years and my husband's known for about 50 years we got into a little bit of a row on on social media um, kind of around the idea of loyalty. Mm-hmm. And so it started when the father um, expressed that he and his wife were at a restaurant in another city, and they loved this restaurant, and the owner told him he wasn't sure how much longer he'd be able to stay open because he can't get his employees to come back because of unemployment, because they're still getting unemployment. And then my friend then said, this generation doesn't know anything about loyalty and about being faithful to your commitments, yada, yada. And, of course, his son jumps in with a, 
when you say this generation, yeah, are right. you talking about help. people like me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who in fact has a job and I'm supporting a family, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or, um, or are you talking about somebody a little bit younger? And I couldn't help but just chime in. Because I'm me. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and chiming in, for better or for worse, is sometimes what I do. <laughs> and so, you know, it's interesting because I had just listened to a podcast. I think it was The Sporkful with, with Dan yeah. Cashman. Yeah. And um, he had interviewed a, a prominent chef. And one of the questions that he asked him was, are you having a hard time getting employees back? You know, and so he said, I don't really think it's about unemployment. I mean, yes, some people are still getting unemployment, but, and he kind of laid out a few things that have kept people from coming back to restaurant right, jobs. Right. One of which is that a lot of high school and college students have had to be home, you mm-hmm. know, in, with their parents. College students who moved to a college town to go to school then had to go back home right. to their childhood be- bedrooms right. to wait out the pandemic Pandemic because, A, their restaurant closed. The pandemic. The pandemic. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, the pandemic. The pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't we said that all along? I don't know. <laughs> I just heard it. <laughs> I did, too. Um, <laughs> So they've had to write it out in their childhood bed- bedrooms, leave the job that they had in their town, and do school online. So they can't go back to the job that's right. 300 miles away, right. you know, until their school is back in session and they can move back to their college town. Um, he also, this particular chef also talked about the fact that one of his employees had always talked about being a baker and starting her own bakery. Mm-hmm. And so once his restaurant shut down, she then uh, said, hey, this is an opportunity to kind of perfect my baking skills. Mm-hmm. And so she actually has opened up a bakery. Awesome. And it's awesome. And I think a lot of people did that. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think a lot of people seized the moment, so to speak, and yeah. thought, oh, I actually have time to maybe pursue something here and and, and do something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so many of those people are not going to go back to their previous jobs, whether it's restaurants or teaching Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, I don't know, working in a grocery store. All of these different things, people are rethinking Mm -hmm. how they want to spend the rest of their life. And, And part of that is because of the downtime, you know, the time to just kind of reflect. But part of it is because they either got sick or somebody that they loved got sick. Mm-hmm. And when you have death, 600,000 of your neighbors and friends here in the United States are dead in just a little over a year. I'm right. That, for some of us, is a, a time to be reflective and to say, gosh, how how do I want to spend my remaining years? Yeah, it makes you look at your mortality pretty much smack in the face. Right. It's made many, many, many of us do that. Exactly. And really examine how do you want to be spending your time? What are your true values? What are the things that you want to be doing that are most important and all of that? I have loved, um, you know, my job, I work with special needs kids, and I love, love, love working with these kids. I love it. But once the pandemic um, was kind of, you know, when things were opening up a little bit and I was able to go back to work, 
I was only given half time, um, a fewer days a week. So I, I didn't have five days a week. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my two days a week of contract uh, theater teaching, right. which is a lot of money, you right. know, a lot more money than the, and, yeah. than the subbing sure. job, right? So, so all of a sudden I have way fewer hours and it's basically minimum wage. And, you know, so when you're, you, you're used to working, you know, say maybe $150 a day and all of a sudden it's $40 a day. That's, that's a pretty big difference. It's a pretty big difference. And my unemployment stopped a long time ago for whatever reason. I think California unemployment just, it got so bogged down and mm-hmm. so concerned about theft yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah, that, I think that right. people, some people kept getting it, some people didn't. But, you know, as I have had fewer and fewer hours and I know that the people that I work for are desperate for for more people like me to fill in those, you know, those sub hours and to work with those kids. And I love, love, love the kids. But I'm like, I don't even I I think I've mentioned this before. I've only seen my boss the day she hired me four and a half years ago or five, six years ago, whatever it was. I've never seen her since. Really? Never. I mean, I have communication via but email, have, or mm-hmm. but I've never seen her, you yeah, know. Actually. So I'm a very, you know, when you're out there as a just a, a sub and you're out there on the outside, there's no real connections. Mm-hmm. You're not a part of a team. I right. mean, talk about loyalty. How is how is this loyal? And I don't mean, I'm not going to say the name of the company because I'm not dissing it. It is just what it is. This is just the way they've rolled things out to bring things back. Right. Um, and for me, it was always worth it because of these kids who right. I loved, loved, loved. Right. But as of right now, we don't have 100% of the kids back, which means that... You don't have 100% of your job back. Of my job back, right. Yeah. And so, you know, and so it's a time to go, are they terrible? Mm-hmm. Do I hate the, this? No, not at all. Nothing's terrible about any of it. But... It's my time. Yes, yes. And is my time more valuable? Is there something else that I could be doing to contribute to my family, um, to society, mm-hmm. to the bottom line of our family budget? I mean, all of those things. So these are all the things that you think about when mm-hmm. there's a, a something like a global pandemic. Yeah, pandemic. <laughs> pandemic. And I, you know, I was talking. So there was this conversation on this, um, you well, know. How, did this, it resolve or how did that? Well, it what? did no, it didn't resolve. It resolved with him saying, I think, you know, I think you guys are wrong, basically. Um, you know, people are disloyal. They don't know what loyalty is. And here's the other side of that. I've known this person for many, many, many years. When you know somebody for that long, you know who they used to be. Mm-hmm. And you have seen them grow and change over mm-hmm. the years. Sure. As do all of us. Right. And so as you see people grow and change, you would hope that we would all be a little bit more a grace uh, nice. giving. <laughs> Yeah. To other people yeah, sure. who are at a different stage of their life. Right. Because these people who have been working in these minimum wage jobs in restaurants and whatnot, 
um, they are going to be a different person in 10 years, 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll look back and say, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have quit that job. Yeah, right. I wish I would have, could have, should have, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Would have, could have, should have. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's give them the same grace and the same space to grow mm -hmm. as we were given. Right. You know, and sometimes, don't you on social media sometimes just want to go, hey, dude, oh. I know I knew you when. Maybe you ought to just back off a little bit. I have had many occasions like that. <laughs> I mean, I think we all have. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm sure that people have thought that about me, too, and just thought, hey, I remember when you were 15, blah, blah, blah. And they're probably right. <laughs> right. Because I'm a different person than I was when I was 15, and I want to give that same grace to 20-year-olds. Right. You know, the same grace that was given to me by some people and not given to me by others. By others, right. 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 I mean, loyalty, that's an interesting word, you know, because I think of, I think of marriages, yeah. you know, and I think of, um, I think of long-term commitments, loyalty, you know, mm -hmm. and in, in, in um, work environments, you know, how does that look? You know, and, and here, I mean, I'm a boss, and I try to create an environment where my people are happy. Um, but that's, the, that's hard to do. Even when you feel like you're being generous and you're, you know, kind of going over the top and doing nice things for people, sometimes people still can't see, you know, the pressures that I have. They And so uh, there are times where I have felt like, wow, that person... Doesn't they? They don't. They don't. They're not seeing what we're doing from our end. They're not. They're not seeing how hard this is for me, you know. And it's and and so it's hard to be an employer and create an environment where everybody's going to be happy, right. you know. I've you watch like um, shows and you know like the environment at Google. Yeah. Okay. All those people seem to be pretty darn happy. You know, they've got a gym and they they can eat whatever they want and they've got bars and all. You know. Well. Yeah, that would be pretty cool if I could do that. I might, I might get a create a, a more loyal environment if I could give them all of that, you know. Um, but do we, do we, do we just think that we want to demand loyalty and not give anything in return? I mean, is loyalty yeah. like you think about a relationship or a marriage? It's, mm -hmm. it's. We always say 50-50, but really it's more like 60-40, and you kind of hope that both people are willing to give 60%. Exactly. Well, and, I mean, and for me as a boss, like, I feel like I need to lead a, as, I need to be the example of, of you know, I want to treat the people the way that I would, hopefully, they would treat me, right? And so I have to lead by example and and not be black and white about things and be listen and you know be loyal to my to my people right. and and to their needs and to to be willing to give and we've got some situations now where where I'm having to do that big time mm -hmm. you know having to kind of go above and beyond because there are situations going on with people that are very very difficult and so if it was reversed, I would hope that my work environment and would do that for me, you know? Right. And, and, and yet, you know, you can't accommodate more than you can accommodate. Uh, you know, you can't right. do more than you can do. Right. Right? That's right. And so how, finding those balances and, and it, it can be hard, you know? Right. I mean, and I think about, 
I, I do. I think of marriage, and I think of my friends. I'll use their first names, Connie and Ray. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to me, they are an example of she, mm-hmm. of one of the most loyal. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to tra- cry when you talk about it. Think one, about one of the most loyal people I know. Yeah. You know, they they got married very young, like we all do. They had dreams of wanting to have children and all of that. And about six months into their marriage, uh, he was in a horrific car wreck and um, left him paralyzed. Um, when I met him, he couldn't walk. He right. can he can walk now. Um, but he lost an eye. He, I call him sexy eye patch man. So <laughs> that may give away who they are. <laughs> but he did lose, I mean, when you're six months in and you lose some of the most basic marital <laughs> yeah he yeah you know they were unable to have have a family right um and um and she you know and and I've had long talks with her you know and it hasn't been easy but she loves him and she has stayed by that man's side as and, and has been loyal and has cared for him for every second yeah and um that to me is just it's been many years. I mean, like 40 or it's something. It's been about, yeah, it's been yeah. 35, 40 years right, at least. Right, right, right. And, and so, I mean, to me, that's just an over-the-top example of someone who is loyal and who you don't, you don't see that very often in people. You don't, you don't see them kind of making that sacrifice, you know. I mean, she, she they took their vows seriously and for well, better or for worse and there they are <laughs> well and on you know we also know that he's a pretty good guy he's a great guy he's a great guy a great so guy. it's not like he's just spent the last 40 years taken from her no. you know he completely does yeah. all that he's capable of doing and yeah. they have a very loving give and take relationship yes they do like most of us they do. do and I think that that's you know sometimes when we use the word loyalty they don't they just don't have a sense of loyalty you know you want to say well what about the what about the employer what about the other spouse mm-hmm. ha, what has their have they been loyal and I don't mean just like being like not having an affair right I'm talking about right. meeting the needs yeah of, and that, of and, your spouse and, and, I think and your and your employee you make a really good point that oftentimes when we hear that word we think you know oh they never cheated but loyal is like Making sure that the person's taken care of and, you know, making sure that, you know, however your family arrangement is, you know, who's supposed to do what. Okay, so I'm going to clean and you're going to do the bills and that we do those things and we follow through and we do what we say. Right. You know, doing what you say you're going to do is is an example of being loyal. Right. Just on, on a very, very basic day-to-day you know, basis. Exactly. You know? And there are challenges that come that you'll, you're will you never going to anticipate that come up, not only in the marriage, but in, like, outside influences, whether it's the loss of a job or uh, the death of a child mm-hmm. or an illness of a child or your children go sideways and do some horrific things or whatever. Right. Um, or you've got problems with the in-laws. Maybe an in-law, you know, does a real, a really harmful thing and has broken the relationship, you know? So so all that, all, all the word loyalty really brings in a whole lot of things that when you first get married or you first start a job, yeah. either one, yeah. you're like, you, you go in with so much I- ideal, 
idealism. Uh, idealism. And, mm-hmm. and, and your eyes are just the rose-colored glasses, and you have mm-hmm. the white dress, and, and or, or you sign the papers, and you're like, oh, look, I have a 401k, and yeah. everything is beautiful, <laughs> right? right? Until there's a challenge down the road, and, mm-hmm. and loyalty really comes when both sides can come together. And sometimes that means ending you know, the marriage or ending the the work relationship. But you would hope that that when somebody says this generation doesn't know anything about loyalty, you're not saying this generation just needs to keep taking it just like I did when I was young. Right. Sometimes I think honestly, sometimes I think that we're jealous. And and well, not of younger of the younger kids mm-hmm. who have no commitments right. and no responsibilities. And they don't want any stuff, and they don't want any of your stuff, and they don't want to take any stuff with them. That's right. Just and they don't want kids, and you're like, don't you want this teddy bear that you've had since you were one? Nope. And you're like, no, Mom, really, seriously, you can burn it. And so now Mom is like, really? Burn your teddy bear? Oh, I know. I just went through this with my daughter yesterday. <laughs> I had these boxes of stuff, and... She she gladly took them, you know, and I and the thing is is that I had gone through my children's things and I I have a box of my son's stuff and my daughter's stuff and all the rest are in boxes and I they can take them and do with them what they want. If they want to keep it, keep it. If you want to burn it, I don't know, but yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's like that's well, awesome. Okay. She so she's so I now I have to ship the stuff to Zach. Well, I do think that sometimes we're honestly jealous I of, their, of their of their freedom un- and their untethered yes. freedom. Yeah, you know they want to be minimalists and they don't, you know, and they don't care about a four hundred one k. And you want to shake them and say you need to have, you know, make sure that your future. Yeah. But do they? I mean, is there is is there going to be social security left for them when they get to be older? I, will they be able to buy a home? I don't know. Right. So why should we be telling them how to live? Right. You it's, know? It, it's, that's a whole new way of looking at the world, it seems. You know, different values. They value different things. And it's different. It's and so just, instead of looking at them and saying, this generation, boy, you guys get off well, my lawn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that's so funny because I remember when I used to sing in church all the time and there was this, this, this um, fight I'll say, between the older generation and the younger generation and the music, right? And the older generation hated, you know, and I would say to Greg when I was married to him and like, I, I just, I really don't want to be one of those people. When I get to be their age, I want to be open know, to op- whatever the new thing is. Open to whatever the new music is. And it's so funny because if I go into like a modern church now and I think, Really? <laughs> I don't really like this music. <laughs> like, is there, oh is there really only six words in this song I'm really that you're old. singing over and over again? Yeah. Do you really have to have the volume so loud? And why are the lights off? I walk in from outside and I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> so turn the lights yeah, on. I, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just old. And here I am, you know, saying it. But, you know, I... Because I'm aware of that, I get it. So yeah. it's like I'm, I would never like s- cause a problem and you know put a note in the offering plate. I hate this music, <laughs> which I 
you know, experience. Received, yeah. because you were the music yeah. person, so you've definitely gotten those notes, yeah. but you don't want to be the writer of those no, notes. No, I do not. I want to be open and, and understanding and accepting of the new young generation music, which draws them to God or whatever, so that's great. I saw, you know, <laughs> you know back in December, there on the anniversary of John Lennon's death, um, ABC did a 2020 special on the last uh, days of John Lennon. Okay. And kind I of... Have, I may have seen that. It's, it, and I recorded it and just got around to watching it a couple of days ago. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. But it was so um, beautiful because, you know, you just see that there was this man whose life... Uh, he had just kind of found, he was 40, he had just turned 40, and he finally okay. was but happy in his skin. Coming into himself and, and finding yeah. out who he is. And, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a beetle, mm-hmm. and he wasn't he wasn't just a beetle. He wasn't just a dad. He wasn't just a husband. He was he was all these things, and right. he kind of had, had discovered the direction that he wanted to go. He was recording a new album. It was all those beautiful things, but... In, in that special, they also did some flashback, you know, interviews mm-hmm. and whatever. And so they played, of course, some of the interviews of the Screaming Girls yeah, when yeah, the Beatles yeah. first came to American yeah. soil. And this one girl, and I've seen this shot a thousand times, and every time I see it, I kind of laugh. And the, the interviewer says, what is it about them that you like so much? And she said... What is there not to like? Their music, their faces, their their bodies, their, you know, she's just everything. Yeah. And their hair, it's just so beautiful. And the interviewer says, I think they look like girls. And she just looks at him. She goes, <laughs> they do not. <laughs> and it's so, you know, and their hair was clearly a little bit longer than hers. You right, know? right. And it's so funny because the hair, I remember being a little girl. And having people talk about, you know, the hippies and the guys yeah, with long yeah, hair. Yeah. You know, and the hair was so short compared to some of the guys' hair even today. I know, I you know. know. Those yeah. guys probably couldn't have put their hair in a man bun. No. <laughs> no. No. It was long, but, but not that long. <laughs> not that long. Well, they have that like that bowl cut thing and all that. <laughs> that was in their eyes. <laughs> all that's um, going on. But I, I do, you know, look back over you know, my mom said, of course, everybody freaked out when Elvis came on the scene and they thought the world was going to hell in a handbasket hand yeah, because yeah. of Elvis. But even her mother remembers people being all up in arms about Frank Sinatra uh-huh. I, and about oh, his swing I, I actually saw a special on Frank that talked about that. Went into that whole thing that he he was, oh, he was considered like, you know... If you like Frank, man, you're you're going down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so we have forgotten that. You know, mm-hmm. I think that we've forgotten that every generation. You know, change is met with opposition one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. And maybe not from one hundred percent of the people, but, but it's met with opposition one hundred percent of the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And so, are we the people who are going to just say, "I don't want things to change"? Yeah. Get I, off my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Is that going to be us? Or... I don't want it to be me. <laughs> that means I'm old. <laughs> I don't want it to be me. I, I that's why. So I, you know, it's old people and young people need to gather together and talk, so that they can. It, understand one another and you know I think that that's really important 
I'm going to shift gears here because as we're talking, you know, we're talking about loyalty and, and, you know, we haven't really touched on what it means to be loyal to ourself, mm. you know, and what does that mm. look like? What, mm-hmm. what does that look like for you? Like being loyal to yourself. Well, I do think that, talk about this generation, I think that, you know, the 30 and under, that they truly, you know, the word self-care, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even 40 and under, I think a, they understand self-care more than I, I think we do. Yeah. And we think of self-care as, you know, getting a facial or getting our nails done, right. you know, once a month or something right. like that. Um, but in reality, self-care is is making sure that you are your best self. Yeah. And so that what you're putting out there in the world is your best self. Is your best self and it's contributing to the world. It's you're not just taking from the world. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I it, that's why I think some of these people have gone through the pandemic and have just said, you know, I I want to be my best self. Yeah. I want to give myself some self-care. I want to be loyal to who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't want to punch a clock every single day and flip burgers because, you know what? That's not what I was born to do. Right. And for some people, they were born to do that. Well, or it's a season, you know? Right. I mean, flipping burgers, that's for a young person. And then the young people get older and go do something else, and the new young person comes in and flips the burgers. That's right. <laughs> you know? I mean... Yeah, there's seasons and and stuff for for people. Not all jobs. I don't I don't know that you're supposed to be a burger flipper for your whole life. Maybe you are. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Right. I don't I mean for me like being loyal to me is taking the time for me that I that I need, you know, to whether, be the best boss, to be the best the boss. best wife, the best mom, mm-hmm. the best doggy mom. Yeah, all of those things. Yeah, my girl. Yeah. Allison gave me yesterday, it just made me ball. She, I have a, there's a picture that I had posted of, of my dog in my arms. We're sitting in the car and it's right before she was, they they, let they, they let go, let her go. And so I'm kind of squeezing on her and Allison grabbed that photo and I don't know where she got this thing, but it's a heart. It's a. Mm-hmm. It's about this thick piece of glass. It's about this big. So about three inches thick. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's a heart. And, okay. then, and then it's inside is this laser thing of that looks 3D of me and Belle. Oh, my gosh. How beautiful. And then she had etched on the front, Deb plus Belle forever. <laughs> and then it sits on a light. And it lights up. Oh, how beautiful. And it's just, like, beautiful. Like, I, it was just so beautiful. Like, so I'll have that to look at every day, you know, unless it makes me too sad. But it'll get better. It'll get better, and I'll be able to look at it and be happy. Well, my husband says, you know, if you want loyalty, get a dog. (laughs) I mean, you know. I mean, and I think, like... The thing that freaks me out more when I think about the night I spent, which was exactly a week ago, mm-hmm. I was loyal to her. Right. I stayed up all night. Mm-hmm. I never went to sleep. I stayed up all night with that dog and held on to that dog. Mm-hmm. And the only thing worse would be if she would have had to do that without me. Right. Like if I wasn't home, like what if John and I had gone somewhere for five or six hours and that had happened right. and I wasn't there. Right. That's like, that 
makes me just freak out if I start thinking about that. And then I have to bring myself back, Deb. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. You were with her. You were with her. It completely annihilated you, but (laughs) you were with her. And so, I, yeah. You know, know, that reminds me of um, uh, my dad passed away in 2017. And um, I, he was... He was difficult. He was, you know, We've he, talked was, about. he was difficult. Yeah. But here's the thing is that is that he punished me in the end because he completely wrote me out of his will as well as my other two sisters as well. Um, because in his mind, we were not loyal to him. We weren't there for him. Hmm. Now, the reality is my two sisters live in other states and... And have had and had families of their own, and I had some very very challenging things. We went through bankruptcy, and we went through loss, and we went through addictions, and we went you know we went through a lot. Mm-hmm. And my family, my my husband and children, yeah, your nuclear family. my nuclear family, there was we were one hundred percent loyal to one another mm-hmm. as we walked that journey. You had to be. We had to be because one of us, after we got through that tunnel, if we hadn't done that together, um, one of us would not have come out the other side. Yeah. And I have no doubt in my mind that one of my children, if not two of them, might not be here if we had not walked through that darkness together. Right. And we're loyal to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But then to be punished by my father for not being there, I put that in quotes, for him, and I don't even know what that looked like yeah, you don't even in know, his you, mind. Yeah, you don't even know really what he's talking about. I don't really know what that looked like because I can't, I couldn't possibly be in two places at once. Right. You know, um, I I had to, I had to devote my 100% of my energies to my not well family. Um, well, and we're talking about a period of time, too, that was... He wasn't an old man. At, I mean, this was a long time ago. So it's not like, it's not like it was. He was at the end of his life, and you were right. There. So it was four or five years earlier that his wife passed away, mm-hmm. and and that's when he changed his will. Uh, so so his wife was a little bit um, uninterested okay. in his children okay. and his family, and was way interested in her. I children see. and and her and her family, so they were there a lot. Okay, but we weren't. Right. We weren't invited to birthday parties. We weren't invited for holidays. We weren't, you know. So there was a lot of, you know, family dynamics. So we were there as all of us mm-hmm. were there as much as we could be. Could be. Right. Um, and you know, after he passed away, and we looked through pictures and saw hundreds, and I think I've talked about this, thousands of pictures of dogs and grandchildren that weren't. My kids, there was one picture of my children, and it was a picture of a whiteboard that had drawings that they had left for, for their grandfather. So it wasn't even my kids in the picture. It was just a, yeah. a, a whiteboard of drawings that they had drawn. Wow. And that was all that I could find that she had taken of, of my children. So so obviously there's a lot of, you know, unresolved or whatever. Mm-hmm. But once she passed away, 
my brother and I, who were the only two here in town, were there for him. I mean, there. But by then, he couldn't change his will because he had been diagnosed with uh, dementia. And so even though it wasn't terrible, sure, you know, but, but legally he couldn't change the will. So he would tell us, he would tell me that he wished he could change the will. But... And that's and that's fine. That's that's all. It it doesn't matter. It, you know, in the end, mm-hmm. we didn't get anything, and that's really okay because what I got was I got those last four years with my dad. Right. The the years before when his wife wouldn't let us come around, we didn't have him. Right. Right. So I was grateful that she passed first. She was fourteen years younger than him, and she, and he she, outlived her. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so we got those last four years with him. That we wouldn't have had. Mm-hmm. So sure. stuff doesn't matter. No, it, you know? really, it really doesn't. It's funny. I, I, uh, all week long, and I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know if it's a thing of like control, but like, I just, I want all my stuff to be gone. I want, I, 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 I just. I cleaned out my closet. I got rid of the biggest pile of clothes. I just, it's like, I feel like I need room, space. I need my stuff gone. I want, I don't know. And I, the only thing I can, I like, like I'm going to change everything. I'm going to paint. I need, I want my house to look different so that it doesn't constantly remind me of Belle. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to feel different because she's gone and there's, I'm, I don't know. It's just this weird thing of, of wanting my space to feel different and my stuff to be gone and I don't want any more stuff and I don't want any more dogs. And I well, I do think that when that when, that when we lose somebody or we lose something, we do reevaluate what's important and yeah. whether or not we want our children to uh, have to go through all that when we're gone. Because my dad left a house so full of crap, you know, I know. that yeah. we had to just put out on the street or throw away or go through or right. whatever and decide, is this important? Is this not important? And, and just kind of throw stuff away. And so I think that when we lose an animal or we lose a family member, we do kind of do that. Because I went through that same thing where I just thought, I've got to get rid of stuff. I don't want my kids to have to do what we just did yeah. and have to go through all of my dad's stuff. And every time I watch the television show The Middle, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but their walls and everything are just filled with, with tchotchkes and crap. Those old jello molds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those copper jello molds yeah. that people oh. used to put on their walls as decorations in their kitchens. Mm-hmm. And every time I look at that show and I see all the clutter that's all, I'm just like, what can I throw away? And sometimes I'll just hold up my fingers like I'm looking through a camera yeah. and I'll just look at my room and okay. I'm like, look at how much stuff there is in here. No, 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 no. I, I don't know. need that stuff. <laughs> I've got to get rid of it. I know. And um, so I think that that has to do with being loyal to to yourself and the only way that you can be loyal to yourself is to get to know yourself well I was just gonna say is to listen to yourself and and um you know I feel like I've been doing that this week I've been being loyal to my grief and allowing myself so okay so I need to get rid of that I'm I'm then it's going and I'm not worried about it I'm not I'm not judging it I'm just I'm just kind of going with the flow of feeling like I need some new fresh space and some new things, maybe some new pillows for the couch, maybe some something to just make it feel fresh and different and new a little bit. And, right. 
Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Everything about it makes sense. Costco had some paintings in there, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just like... I want to take every painting off the wall, and I want new paintings. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm looking at these paintings thinking, well, look, there's six of these. And so that means that if I put one of these up on my wall, there's going to be at least six times how many Costco's, you know. Upon everyone's uh, there's going to, All these people are going to have the same thing on the wall. So, no, I'm not going to buy these paintings. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah I, think, I think that we, we can actually learn a lot. We, we, we cannot stop learning. Yeah. And yeah. not only... Can we read books and take classes and, you know, paint and do art and mm-hmm. read and write yep. and all those things that we should keep doing in order to keep learning and growing, but we should never stop learning from people younger than us. No, amen. We can, oh, I've learned so much from my daughter, Jiminy. Oh, yeah. I've learned so much from that young lady, you know. She's, ditto, ditto. And, yeah, and, you know, she's, she... She kind of fits in. I mean, I, she doesn't, to me, come off with that whole sense of entitlement thing that a lot of, I think, young people do. She's, she's not that. Mm-hmm. She's, she's, she's pretty keenly aware of, of the things that she is. She's very thankful, I guess, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. She doesn't seem like she wants stuff and, or, you know, has this sense that she doesn't have enough or someone's not giving her enough and all that, you know, right. she's pretty grounded in terms of that. But yeah, I've, I've really learned a, a, a lot from her and you're right. Young people, we need to be listening to each other, mm-hmm. you know, and let's not put people in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we use our political um, affiliations and our religious affiliations to just make generalizations and mm-hmm. put people in boxes. You know, this generation, they're so disloyal and they don't know the meaning of the word and they're, they'd rather sit on their butts and make right. and do nothing than to go back to their jobs. That's not true. That's not true. It's not true. Some of them are still scared. Some of them have done mm-hmm. other things. Some of them are now taking care of parents who might have gotten sick. Yep. Or some of them may have lost parents. There's there's not one box. Yeah, you can't. There isn't, and you can't make a blanket judgment on any generation or group or, or group of people or mm, anything. You yeah. know, you really can't. And that's, I mean, that's being loyal to humanity. That's correct. You, you know, is is not judging, our, you know, and making a snap judgment about whatever situation. You just don't know. You don't. You haven't walked in everybody's shoes. So you have no right to make judgments, and so and that's being loyal to your brother, who you don't know, but he is your brother. <laughs> and he ain't heavy. He's uh-uh. your brother. He's your brother. <laughs> He's my brother. <laughs> um, yeah, this I think this is really important. We have got to, we've got to stop labeling people mm-hmm. just because we don't understand them mm-hmm. or don't agree with them. Yep. And stop putting people in boxes and be loyal to humanity. Mm-hmm. I do think that that is, that that is the biggest takeaway. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, this has been a great talk, Liz. Sorry I cried, people. I don't. I'll, I'll probably cry again later today. <laughs> it's okay. It's I know. okay. I know. So I know a lot of people can relate. A lot of people, it's funny, you know, a pet dies and, well, it's just a dog. No, no, not just a dog, <laughs> you know. But only dog people and pet people get it. So if you're not a dog person or a pet person, 
try getting a dog. <laughs> I know. And see how it'll change how you. It'll change you. Yeah. And thanks again to Fresno Music Academy and Arts for supporting us and giving us this time to do this podcast. And mm-hmm. and if you want to find out what what your where your place is in the world and you feel like arts, the arts might might yeah. be something can, that you wanna speak to. We can teach here you all kinds Central of stuff California. Over here. <laughs> or if you wanna I mean there might even still be some teaching on Zoom because yeah. you you've you've gotten good at it. You may as right. well Well if you're listening to us and you live in, say, I don't know, Nevada or somewhere yeah. and you happen to be listening to this podcast, you can. You can Zoom lessons with one of our awesome teachers here. So that's right. Yeah. So That's anyway, right. well, till next time, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Deb. Bye. Bye.